Hello, everybody. Welcome to On the Homefront. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to have some time with you again this week. We're on the air live at WILI AM 1400 and 95.3 FM for some live radio. We also record everything for YouTube. WILI has its own YouTube channel for many of our shows. We have our playlists. You can catch any show on demand, which is great for our guests. The whole idea of our show is to give our guests a chance to get as much information <coughs> out to you as possible. And the programs also air on WECS up at Easter. We have another busy show today. We're going to feature the Thread City Jazz Trio and live music uh, for the second part of the show today. Also, we'll talk about music education. They're performing this Friday at Eastern Connecticut State University. And we'll also have a visit with Kara Holmes from the Wyndham Textile and History Museum. They've got a lot of programs coming up for November, December, and she'll close out the show. But right now, I'm happy to open the show today with, a, with another one of our continuing series of programs looking at the Wyndham Regional Community Council, WRCC. I've been very happy to have Jeff Beadle, the executive director in the studio now for a series of shows looking at the history of the agency, its overall structure, the different programs that it features throughout the year and the services they provide. And we're here today with Woody Woodbury, who is the executive director of the Veterans Services. He's here today to update us on veterans' activities and services. So thank you both for being here today. For Always update. a pleasure, John. Always thank you. Have you. Thank in the you, house. John. Yep. Nice to be here. So I think Jeff's going to talk about uh, also World AIDS Day, which is coming up in December at the end of the month. That'll be a little thing we'll cover later on. But Woody, how about talking about how the stand down went and what's happening with trying to get a picture overall of how veterans are doing across the state? I, the standouts are always successful. It's it's tough not to run a program where you give things away, especially to the amount and the extent that they do. Right. They uh, they provide all sorts of legal and and emotional aids. They provide um, physical aids in the terms of food and and and, and clothing uh -huh. and, and uh, actually shoes and, and and other things like that. They, a lot they, of personal care. They uh they have a court. You have a minor problem with the law, you can go to this court and they'll tear it up nine out of ten times. And they have a motor vehicle is sending a, has sent a van. I don't know if they did this time. Mm -hmm. um, they've taken care of some minor infractions and some larger infractions from time to time. Right. They um, have a, a barber shop. They have free haircuts, free food. It's pretty much the whole the whole network. They they started out years ago doing three days a week. They've got it down to one day a week, which probably works out better in the end at this time of the year, since they were putting them up in tents up there. But they My are. Goodness, yeah. Especially they, uh, right now. It's I think they're pretty. They're doing an awful lot, and it's around the state in five different areas now. It, it has uh, Bridgeport, uh, the old the, end, the grandfather one is at Rocky Hill. Uh, Norwich had a real good yeah. one down at Stout Avenue. And they have a real good one every year out to uh, Danielson, out to the college out there on Maple Street. So it's, it... And I want to remind you all, you know, Woody's been doing this at WRCC for 29 years now, the earliest days of the agency. And I wondered, uh, you know, seeing the changes in veterans' needs, the different wars and the different ways they were received back home, what are some of the biggest changes you see today that people may not understand as much about their earlier sense of Vietnam War veterans, maybe even Iraq <clears throat> veterans from the first Gulf War? They, uh, well, from the, the Gulf War was so fast and everything. I think they were more in, in tune with the Vietnam veterans. They had, they, from Iraq yeah. on, the GWATs, we call them, the, the government war on terrorism. Those guys have kind of, they're, they're their own group, and, and very much so. Um, they, they, they have their own way of doing things, their own way of dealing with the VA. Mm -hmm. it's a, I've, I've done as much as I can to help them with that in, in, in many, many ways. Uh, and Do you think it, they're it, having more success doing it their way? Do you think they're getting more either respect or attention? I have quite a few come to me for advice, and yeah. I help them out with the forms. And we have a, we have a system front based through my office, through uh, New, Newington VA. Newington VA is where the regional office for the state of Connecticut is up on the fourth floor. Right. And our service officer system is on the third floor. So it's a real simple thing. As long as you can communicate with them, and we do, we communicate through the VFW and the American Legion office. We communicate with paper applications, with uh, physical applications. We help them with their hearings. We take it. We basically take it from point A right through to the finish, where they they, they hopefully get their compensation or their award, right. or their or their care. Yeah. So it's a, uh, well. The stress can get very high when there's a long delay and someone's in a life situation that's every day. 
waiting for a long time really makes it harder than it would be yeah. normally, right? Yeah, it, 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 I can remember back in the Vietnam era, and prior to that, the Korean era, I heard quite a bit, and I worked with some of the Korean guys. The World War II guys had their own play, places, and they had their own people doing their work for them. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were, most of those guys were very successful in what they did. But we had uh, great delays in, in getting compensation. And it, a lot of it was just the fact that some of the guys didn't follow up and didn't keep in tune with what they should have been doing. And, and they sometimes you had to bring it back a couple of times. Nowadays, you can't bring it back more than two times or you're out. So that's something I'd like to make a, you know, most of the guys know that. You get the two chances on each, on a, on a, on a personal medical condition, emotional condition, or something right. to that effect to, to make your play, make your case with the, with the VA. Right. If you don't make it in two chances, you, you better have a, a Act of Congress to get you back in. Right, so it's so, like you really got to prepare well. You want to you right. want to get in touch with somebody like myself, and there's a lot more, a lot of other people around the state too, that can help you get it in line and, and do it correctly. Try to do it right the first time, okay. and, and and be as thorough as you can with it. That's that's my the objective that I always, always try to have. Well, let me give the website now. You can jot it down while we're talking because you can follow them all year long and check out the events and applications. WRCCINC.org. WRCCINC.org. You can get all the information that Woody is talking about today. And, Jeff, I know Veterans Day is coming up on Saturday, the 11th of November. Could you talk about your plans for that day and how you're going to celebrate uh, these folks and the service that they gave the country? And, and warn them to bring gloves and warm weather. Yeah, it sometimes gets yes. cool. And clothing, yeah. warm weather clothing. Yeah, we have we we always have it on November 11th, mm -hmm. and we always have it at the 11th hour, at and we always have it at Memorial Park, and we have okay. we have from years back we've gone, either to one of, the, one of the veterans clubs in town afterwards, and we do rotate the responsibility for that and for, for a, a get-together. And it, we try to keep it pretty simple because most of the guys got something they want to do themselves. So we, we try and keep, bring it down to a point where they can, you know, associate with what we're doing and, and come in and, and have some camaraderie and whatnot and listen to what we have. We have a, a pretty interesting speaker this year coming out of the sub-base, thanks to our Manny Manassas down to, down to Congressman Courtney's office. He's okay. helped us quite a bit with that. What will his, his or her topic be? Do it's going to be a master a master chief. i got to put my cheaters on. Okay. I, I don't know the topic. Okay. I, we, uh, we, like say we, don't, we let them say what they want. <laughs> uh, we got Master Chief Mark Shipley. He uh, is the base enlisted submarine school master chief. So he, he probably has a lot to say about that. He's got a pretty interesting career. He's been in, I would say, for almost 25, 26 years. He, uh, he's been on four submarines. Wow. And that, that's, that's, that's about three and a half more than I'd care to be on. But that's, uh, uh, he's also uh, been on two uh, flat tops. And he, uh, he's been a master chief. He's been a cob on, on, on a couple of boats, which means he was the senior enlisted man on the boat. So it's what's a the, cob? A chief of boat. There you go. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's been. So he, if he touches on that, there should be something pretty interesting awesome. come out of that. And he, yeah. I, I think it will be worth listening to him. And he'll be speaking at Memorial Day at the, uh, at the Memorial, Memorial Park right. at 11 a.m., probably 1110, 1115. That's great. Yeah. My nephew, Michael, was in the Navy submarines for 25 years. He made chief. <laughs> and he loved it being at sea. He loved the whole thing. So. My son is at Electric Boat now, and he's working on the next generation oh, yeah. of the sub subs coming up. I think they got two subs now, right? I think they He's got working two on, on the second one. That's yeah. awesome. Which yes. is virtual at this point. Yeah, that's cool. a huge amount of work. Now, the other thing coming up uh, is a program that's very unique to Connecticut. I'm still learning about this program. It's called Soldier Sailors Marines Fund, and it's a unique way to support veterans right here, and it stays local. Can you talk about that fund? It's been around forever, almost, it's, it's, from the... Uh, I guess American Legion is helping to manage it. The right? American Legion was yeah. it has been a manager of it since the inception. It was right. started after World War One on a penny a pack tax on cigarettes, penny and it's pack. it's I can't quote exact numbers right now, but it has millions of dollars in the bank, and we work off the interest, and it provides a, quite a bit of care and, and welfare to the veterans and their families, the, uh, the children under eighteen, spouses, and of course widows and widowers. 
so and it's it's uh, strictly for the state of Connecticut residents. Or and, and if you serve from out of state, and if you're a resident now, you are eligible to apply to it. We pay basic needs such as rents, or mortgage payments, electric wow. payments, uh, food payments, food vouchers, clothing vouchers uh, for the whole family. And, uh, and we go into some specialized care. If you need somebody to come in and help you out while you're recovering from a, an operation or, or a problem, right. we will pay up to 60 days. For, for someone to come in while while the while, what a gift. while you're trying to get some 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 backing from some other fund or something, mm-hmm. we 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 work within three to three days to seven days of the application. You will hear whether or not you're going to get the, the help yeah. that you've asked for. Well, there's so and many it's can... not sorry, but it's not means based. No, either it's no. basically if you're a veteran, we right. pay we pay up to three hundred percent of the FPL. So if your salary or your income or is, is less than 300% of the FPL, you're eligible to apply. It's a federal poverty level. They set yeah. it every year. It's a certain number that's like a baseline. It's roughly but that's f- a blessing. What's it? So about, what is it roughly about It's now? about 59000 for a single person. Okay. So if you're under 59000 a year yeah. and you've got less than fifteen to 20000 in the bank, we don't we don't worry about your IRAs or things like that. We mm-hmm. don't take those into consideration because right. they're not accessible cash. So, but uh, we do. You got to have less than fifteen thousand in a natural savings account, and under fifty nine thousand, then it goes. It's graduated up, of course, for you and your wife, or you and the other person in the family yeah. that's making an income. Wow. And it's it's also structured for the number of people in the family five, six people. It goes up. So it's 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 pretty easy to work with. It's How a, about that? Did you hear that phrase? Pretty easy to yeah. work with. Write yeah. that down. That, that should be in stone somewhere. But the thing is, today mm-hmm. there's so much stress on housing costs, food costs. Yeah. A quote normal budget isn't working the way it used to. So this is a life-saving little extra support very, people very may handy. not know about. And during the COVID, the height of the COVID crisis, of course, we paid quite a bit on funerals. Mm-hmm. We pay up to up to eight thousand dollars on funerals, as long as we, as long as we can go through the right steps to to apply sure. for that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, there's quite a few more things. If, if somebody thinks they want to apply, call my office. I'll send them out a pamphlet on it. We'll have other things that we can do for them and all the ways to go about it. All right. So the phone number is Excellent. 860-423-4534. If you want to call, 423-4534, wrccinc.org. Also, December 1st is uh, it's a Friday. It's World AIDS Day. And there's a special program here on November 30th. Jeff, I want to remind people how you and Mark Svetz and others were incremental in the 80s trying to deal with needle exchanges when they were controversial to help people deal with that reality. Here we are 40 years later, and there's still a big issue to be dealt with. Right. Thank you for bringing up the controversial needle exchange program. But, yeah, yeah that was a vital service. It was a very proud Obviously, moment, Obviously, you know, there's... Within this community, we had a hear a public hearing on that program. Sure. And uh, oh, yeah. there was a thousand people that filled the auditorium. I did a head count, and others did, and it was basically fifty-fifty. Yeah. It was almost five hundred to four ninety-eight. Yeah. Who supported it? But um, it was a difficult program to run because it's yeah. stationary. It brought up a lot of attention. Yeah. So we relented, and uh, it was replaced with a. Um, a uh, not so significantly obvious to the public program. Yes, and that that's done by a group of volunteers. Right. To this day, uh, we we started the Winter Maids program back well, in the late eighties. Right. With a right. number of a number of advocates at Winter Regional Community Council, and uh, coming up uh, as you mentioned on December first will be World AIDS Day. We, we being um, WRCC, Perception Programs, Generations, and others are putting on an event uh, the day before at 3 o'clock. And I think as, as we discussed before the show, we'll bring in some members of that committee, uh, you know, within the next two weeks so we can give you further detail. There's food. Right. Music, you know, recognition of those lost, and the continuing efforts of all of our agencies to help keep everybody healthy, happy, and surviving. Yeah. 
So that's November 30th, if you just save the date. And, you know, the reason why I brought up the exchange isn't to bring up old stories. It's to remind people that what we're doing today came out of an open discussion, which is very hard to find today, to have things come out in the open where people are not canceled for having an opinion when you're having a pro and con. I think it was a great example of dealing with the real situation that our normal government was not dealing with for whatever reason. No Correct. judgment. It wasn't working. So you had, well, let's try plan B. And that forced the issue. That's, That's what right. I thought was a good thing. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 We modulated. And in the end, the service is still there. That's the yeah. most important thing. Um, we all hope, wish, and work that we would see through harm reduction, you know, less need yeah. for needles that are not for vital medical care. Um, so that, that's, that's a constant that's a constant effort, and it always will be. Well, before we go, let me ask you, are there any uh, changes in recent years in the folks you're dealing with in this community or the structures that they're working with, anything so people may not know unless they're connected in some way? Or maybe things you hear that people have misunderstandings about things today. Related to the well, disease of AIDS and HIV? Yes. transmission, treatment, delivery... Well, the good news is, upon recognition, and we will find medical care uh, with, you know, private doctors, right. Generations, Hartford Healthcare. The care is there. It, it is as most professional and scientific as can be. And the diagnosis of HIV or AIDS um, is not a death sentence like it was in the 80s and 90s. That's now right. you can go on and live a productive, healthy life uh, with not a limited time span yeah. due to the disease. Right. So that's, that's great news. Yeah. Taking a hard situation, talking about it, staying with it, and here it is now compared to before. It's a global issue, but people are on the way to make it better. That's right. That's right. Well, that's a good way to wrap up this particular focus we're doing with Wyndham Regional Community Council, part of our ongoing series. I want to thank Woody Woodbury from the Veteran Services Program and Jeff Beadle, Executive Director, for being here today, sharing the good work. We wish you well, and we'll look forward to having you back in December, and we'll continue our conversation. Thank you so much, John. Take care. And Matt, cool. behind the camera. Yes, you Matthew Rupar making all this. He's, <laughs> he's controlling. He's feeding the rabbits under the console. He's feeding the lettuce. That's so, how you get the electricity. There you go. So we're going to take a short break for some spots, and then we're going to come back and talk about jazz with the Thread City Jazz Trio. And then later on, we'll talk about the Wyndham Textile Wyndham Museum. Transition. Stay with us. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, Jeff. We're good. Take care of yourself. Take care. Be in touch. You bet, Jeff. Watch the mails, man. Okay, we'll see. I'll, I'll be. I'll yeah. check. I'll pick up the mail myself. Any I day, see. man. Keep <laughs> your fingers crossed. All right. Good All right. Would you have those guys come in? Yeah, I'll set them here. <clears throat> so we have three spots? Yes, three minutes? Two minutes left now. All right, so I'll tell you what we'll do. Play the tune. Right, right when, after the break? Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll play the tune, we'll come out of the tune, we'll talk, okay. and at the end we'll do a tune. You got it. And the other tune we can decide together. We'll give track them. All right, guys, take a load off. Have a seat. Thank you. Oh, Anthony, you can leave your stuff over here. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. The valet has the day off. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Manny, the parking attendant, he's off today. Yeah, Manny's out of town. He's out of town. Yes. I enjoy this record. It's fun. It's fun. Tunes I know well, but I love renditions, and everybody has their own, their own little thing. So, except for the gig on Friday, yes, we'll open with that, we'll close with that little sandwich. Yeah. And in, in the middle, are there new things you're doing? Well, Where can we go? You know, the one thing, I, the, the, our concert is called The New Standards. Yes. Because we are trying to really kind of redefine what a standard is. Uh-huh. So, um... You know, we're doing songs that are like, you know, like we're doing Steely Dan. You know, we're doing uh, oh, stuff yeah. like that. That's like not usually associated with jazz. Of course, we're doing, you know, standard stuff too. But he's okay with the mics. We're good. Hey, hey. You know, I had June Besants on a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Well, she has well. a nice new, and she has taken some standards, classic tunes, and yeah. she took some hits and, and kind of did a Latin rhythm with it, like, uh, yeah. like "Will You Love Me Tomorrow." 
Latin style. Right, nice. yeah. So she's taking familiar tunes and really doing more than just a cover of the tune. It's a whole new thing. Mm. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Okay, good. Uh, for the next year, are you guys going to plan in the winter or spring to do mm. any more recordings? Do we are, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah, make we're some pl- notes. Uh, we're planning to record in the spring. We're also planning as part of the Hartford Public Library has a, what is yeah. it called, Baby next Grand year. Jazz Series. Yeah. Okay, we're back on the home front. We're happy to have you with us this week. Our programs are on YouTube at the WILI radio channel. They're also rebroadcast on WECS up at Eastern Connecticut State University, trying to give our guests a way to reach as many people as possible. I'm always happy to have jazz in the house for the show once in a while, and I have two members of the jazz, of the Thread City Jazz Trio with us. I've had them on before. They have a new CD that has recently come out this year, although I've been covering their music for a while. Sitting next to me is Rick O'Neill, and next to Rick is Anthony Cornicello. They're both faculty members at Eastern as well. They teach music. They're involved in a program about the music industry. And they're today with the Thread City Jazz Trio. They are playing this Friday at 7.30 at the faculty uh, at the FAIC, the Fine Arts Instructional Center, in their lobby. They have a very beautiful lobby space, and they're going to be playing and maybe you could preview that night. We just heard uh, the Charlie Parker, Billy's Bounce mm. as a little intro. That was the band playing. So maybe talk about this and how you put it all together. Well, you know, as far as our concert on Friday, yeah. um, playing in the lobby, um, you know, the concert hall is wonderful. I mean, it sounds fantastic. However, yeah. it's huge, you know, and you're playing at, you know, on stage and the nearest audience member is like in the next county. And we play in a... In a um, you know, in jazz clubs, and it's like, person's right over your shoulder. Yeah. And in a way, we wanted to recreate that that small sort of intimate um, atmosphere you get in a, in a club by having us go work in the lobby. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It'll be a new venture for us. Yeah. Right. So uh, now when it comes to this collection and your whole idea, you're doing a work new standards. You're trying to give a new approach to music that people may be familiar with, but it's something more than the, something that you're familiar with. You're stretching things out. Yeah, um, you know, so what happened is, um, 
I was something I've been thinking about for a long time, and two things really kind of brought me. One was a book by uh, Ted Joyer called J The Jazz Standards, which is just about, it's like an encyclopedia of just jazz standards. And kind of a lot of the standards have sort of evolved kind of haphazardly, like, you know, some uh -huh. of found the music somewhere and said, oh, let's, let's play this. Um, and so, you know, you start to look, well, this canon that evolved is sort of, you know, put together by chance. So, okay. Uh, and, of course, a lot of it was popular music of the day. Uh, like, you look at stuff that was going on in the 1940s. It was movies. It was uh, Broadway, Broadway shows. shows. Yeah. Absolutely. And they just went and took those. So I said, well, you know, let's do the same thing. And also, um, you know, people like John Schofield, you know, you look at his most recent recordings, and he's doing stuff like Bob Dylan. He's doing, um, uh, you know, other other people like that. I'm like, we should do the same thing. And so we are going to continue to play the same kind of music that we have on, on our recording. We're augmenting it with, um, let's see, we got Selena Gomez. Yeah, uh, we have, um, modern artists, you know. Yeah, we have um, uh, Steely Dan. I forgot what, what else we do. Uh, I forgot. A lot of more, a lot a lot more, more set, set, yes. Like and um, yeah, so the, oh, oh, and actually, it's funny because uh, a lot, a lot is more set. You know, you start playing, like realize, okay, this is the blues. Yeah. You know, in in some ways, you know, it's like okay, and actually, you know, we have a few surprises in there. That we're, we're playing with them, but you know, it really, when once you start working, you realize, oh, you know, Steely Dan, the same thing. It's like this is kind of a blues with a with a you know different kind of groove to it, but okay, you know, we can make it work. I say the blues is one of the backbones of jazz, anyway. So yeah. Oh, yeah, like if you burn away the outside, the root inside goes back to 12 bars or whatever it, it does, was again yeah. out of the swamps of the Delta. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now for this collection, the tune that we heard was a Charlie Parker classic, Billy's Bounce. And after we chat, we're going to close out with the tune, so you guys think about which one you want to drop at the end. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but the other thing that's new at Eastern is they're really enlarging the arts program to look at the music industry. Several years ago, they got a big investment for the Fine Arts Center, great studios, an awesome theater. So education was really jumped up quite a bit. And uh, there's a lot of theater coming out now that's really putting together a lot of technology. In fact, I should mention, Rick did the music for the show recently that just closed, uh, Blood on a Cat's Neck. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You did, I saw you in the background there with the band, right. right? So that's an example of some of the technology that's coming into the art program and the theater program. And now you guys are tying it into the music industry. Can you talk about how that works and how you're trying to get students more aware of these new realities that have nothing to do with music in the 50s or 60s? Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, well, guess I, I started, I mean, I was in the industry my whole life. Right. I came to teach at Eastern five years ago, maybe? Five years? Maybe. More, a little yeah. more than that, yeah. Six years ago? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was a tutor as well. But, yeah. um, but I was... <laughs> right. But I was in, in the industry my whole life, and I thought that these... Uh, students should know they're learning about how to play music, but they should also know about the realities out there and how to protect it, copyright it, how to make money, how to make a living, how to get a career. Um, you have to be flexible. You have to, you know, keep up with technology. You have to um, know wh how, when you're getting paid and how you're getting paid and protect your, your, your creations, you know. It's like the creative economy is a great thing, but if you don't know how to make money off of it, you're just going to be, you know, kind of broke. <laughs> So I, I wanted to be in the industry um, career, uh, education because I think people should know about those things. Yeah, understand about branding, understanding about you know yeah. online marketing, you know a lot of stuff that that they that they kind of know a little bit about. They probably do you know can certainly know about some of these things more than we do. But you know um, certainly the idea of of, the, of how to market successfully, how to get your image out there, uh, you know in a, in a good way. And and how, even PROs, you know, what are PROs? They don't know what they are sometimes, you know, and know about. That kind of thing. Know about um, you mean to, a performance royalties, exactly. ASCAP, BMI, yeah. exactly. Sound exchange, right? Okay, exactly. Cool. Cool. Um, and you know, in things like TuneCore or BCDB, one of the you know independent um, distributors to get your music out there, right? Yeah, yeah. The other thing, um, one of the things that I'll be teaching this uh, spring is a course called um, Commercial Music Production. And the subtitle is, or what happens when the music, I mean, you stop recording. Because in a way, it's like, okay, we did this nice little recording, now what do we do? You know, yeah. and the idea of taking that and actually learning how, how the production actually comes in, how the distribution of it comes in, mm -hmm. you know, all that sort of... How to make colors. a master, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah all that stuff that comes yeah. into that, you know. And, so, and it really kind of depends a lot on what kind of music you're doing, you know. I mean, um, some, some may involve a lot of editing. We didn't do so much editing on this you know there's things here and there it's live basically but, yeah it's basically you know there's, there's basically live in and minor they're kind of shorter songs too there wasn't yeah. a huge space so it yeah. was more focused yeah. i mean when you do for example a, a classical recording um you are taking 
hundreds of takes. And to, in order to get to the, like the first, I don't know, let's say, you know, 30 seconds, you might take 20 or so cuts from different sections. Like, okay, take three was really good for this measure over here, but take seven was really good over here. And so you, right. you know, you cross cut them. It's like that. surgery. Cut. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. And you, when you get done with it, I remember the first time I did one of those recordings, I looked back and I, I could hear the very first time, like, oh, I mean, you know, some of those edits I knew that were there. But then afterwards, you, you can't recall, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, they kind of thing in the background. Yeah. Right, the mastering kind of cleans up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the technology. So whether it's a small band or a big one. And the thing that's really cool today is that the music industry is so different. The artists that I talk to, they're doing a lot of these things themselves because yeah. the A and R is gone. The label support is now. They won't talk to you unless you're already a hit, almost, right? right? Yeah. So people have to do for themselves. And yeah. It's good and bad because you know, you know, you think about it. And for that matter, it's, you know, what was it? I was reading about was it Chicago? I think it was. They did a lot of the stuff early on, kind of on their own, or they would give it a lot of leeway. Mm -hmm. You think about it. I mean, do you think that a record company would be like, oh, sure, have a trombone on your record? Oh, you yeah, know, you know, uh, late you know. 60s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like things like that, that like in a certain way, the, the record company's kind of staying out of the way or not being involved with it in our case might actually be good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess one of the, you know, double edged sword is anybody can make a record and put it out. So therefore, anybody can make a record and put it out. So it's like, <laughs> you know, that's the beauty, right? Because this comes up in the classes I teach as well is the fact is that it's a more level playing field for access. You can put it on the web the same as a multi-million dollar corporation. The question is the content. And the quality. Yeah. The quality. Yeah. That's the challenge, right? And don't forget about AI now. It's coming out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's another whole show, AI. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one thing I want to ask these guys about while we have a few more minutes is streaming. Because one thing that I'm hearing from artists is that streaming is failing the music. It's great for people that own the music, that put it up there for you to get for free, Spotify, Pandora. But the artists are paid a very small amount per listening. It's a formula. And you yeah. talk about like a million hits and the guy got like $5,000. So right. the question is when you teach the industry, how do you share the other side of the coin where the public is still learning how abusive this is? They don't know really how bad it is for artists to make a living, except for the big stars. Well, we'll start with yeah. about 100,000 songs a day get uploaded to these streaming sites. So 100,000 songs a day, yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so the noise is already out there. Um, and yes, a, a, a thousand or a million you know, streams, right. yeah, at, at about $5,000, you're right, something like that. It doesn't, it's point, point 0.1 cent per stream based on if it's a, a premium subscription or a pay, uh, like a uh, free subscription, premium, right. you know? Like so, free or, or, or somewhat maybe without ads, you pay a little bit. Yeah, right. so they're different rates, you know. But the, the kind of the, the, the kind of trickiest here, you get a certain percentage of the rate based on how many streams are out there. Yeah. But so many more people are coming on every time, you're raising smaller and smaller as you go down. So yeah. you're, you're trying to get out there, but you're getting less and less money. Yeah. And, and don't some of these um, services sort of, let's say, until you reach this number... You're not getting anything? If I was a, well, no. they have like a pro-rata pro kind of thing where they, you know, based on if you have many more streams in general, you get a higher rate. Right, yeah. That's right. Well, that's something that we're trying to do on the show periodically is we're focusing on music. So every once in a while we have the venues on and they talk about the economics and how things are for them bringing in players to keep the spaces alive for these guys to come and play. Yeah. And then we have the artists on to talk about their side of the equation because it's all shifting around today. I mean, people have to stay close because to make it work, you have to be efficient and control your costs. And maybe you can start to make a living without going overboard, right? Yeah, everybody right now is talking about lives where the money is, also merch where the money is. Uh, I, I will say that uh, Live Nation just did this on the road again um, promotion mm -hmm. where they're taking no cut on merch on any of their 70 venues across the country. Wow. So that's a big deal, you know. Cause Somebody got some religion, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So some, some local guys did it, and then they adapted that. So adopted that. So. All right. All right, well, our focus is the Thread City Jazz Trio, Rick O'Neill, Anthony Cornicello, drummer, Matt Bronson's not in the house, but he'll be there at 7.30 Friday in the nice lobby at the Fine Arts Instructional Center. Thank you for being here. I wish you good luck in all your work. 
and we'll have you back later in the year to talk about this new industry course as it starts in the spring of 24. Great. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. Always glad to be here. Yeah. So what we'll do is close out with a short tune. Pick one, guys. We'll do one more. We did Billy's Bounce to open, and they can give us a track as a little taste, and then we'll go out. Sweet shoes, no, what do you want? Um, nostalgia. Sure. Nostalgia. Yeah. Give me a track number. Okay. You want to do that or go to the last one? Nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia, track one. Charles track one? Mingus, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Mingus is in the house. Enjoy. And we'll come back with Kira Holes from the Mill Museum. Stay with us.
All right, I hope you enjoyed that music again from the Thread City Jazz Trio, Nostalgia in Times Square. Again, their music will be very nice to enjoy this Friday, November 3rd at 7.30. For free to the public, everybody is invited to the Fine Arts Instructional Center large lobby area outside the concert hall. Well, I'm very happy to have Kira Holmes back in the house again. She's here periodically. She's the executive director of the Wyndham Textile and History Museum. They're busy all throughout the year, but with the holidays coming now, they are going full tilt, and she has a lot to cover. So I'm going to try to stay out of the way, Kara, and let you run this down. You've been very busy, and I see you have a little leftovers from Halloween going on. Yes, I'll get into that in a little bit, I know. but first, thank real, you. <laughs> real payola here. This real payola here. This is awesome stuff here. Thank you very much. And thank you, John, for having sure. me back on the show. Yep. So first, let's start with our wonderful exhibit. It opened up on September 1st. It's closing November 12th. That is Sewn Stories, Shared Lives. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to get into the museum yet, mm -hmm. John, but if if you haven't, you definitely should check out this exhibit. Yeah, we interviewed we, the artists. And they yeah, last time. Yeah. Yes, and they have amazing stories. These two uh, fiber art sisters is what they call themselves, and that's Linda Martin and Carol Vignac. And they have a wonder. They both have wonderful historic legacies for ancestors, and it's really a moving exhibit. It expresses through their fabric, through stories, from essentially their legacies going into the Holocaust, going into African-American slavery. Uh -huh. This is definitely an exhibit you don't want to miss. And pairing very well with that topic, too, is on November 5th, we have the Out of the Shadows Lecture. Have you ever met Donna Dufresne before, John? I have. It's oh. been a while, but yes, I have. She is a storyteller and a half. She's great. Yes, and she's coming to the Mill Museum, and she's going to talk about the 29th Connecticut Colored Regiment. As you know, she's a local historian as well as an educator. But this wonderful lecture is going to be about the colored regiment that fought in the Civil War. So we have Charles Webster, who was Civil War gravestone, stands alone in the Natchog Forest. And she's going to share her research on the soldiers of African and Nipmuc descent who lived in northeast Connecticut. And that's going to be in the Dugan Building on November 5th. At 2 p.m., it's going to be $12 for members and 15 for non-members. And it's really a lecture you do not want to miss. As you know, we have did the Here All Along and Here It Is exhibit. So this is yeah. a wonderful pairing to everything that we've been doing lately. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited. Yeah, the Dugan Room is upstairs in the museum. It's a very nice space on the, on the upper half of the building. Plenty of room for a nice crowd. Yeah. Yes, and it's 157B Union Street. And also... We do have a handicap space, too, so if you need it, we have it available for you. Okay. So then we are going to now move on to why I'm wearing this hat today. I so. knew somehow you would share that. <laughs> I've been patient. <laughs> so, yes, as uh, John said, leftover from Halloween, I was our steampunk person yesterday handing out candies to all the good children for essentially trick-or-treat on Main Street. And we are having a our second annual steampunk fair. This was an idea started by Chelsea Kneif, and I'm continuing it this year. We're going to have vendors, we're going to have demos, and we're actually building it out. So it's not just going to be at the Mill Museum this year. It's also going to be at the Willimantic Public Library, too. Nice, nice. Yes, so I'm really excited. So there's going to be demos there and a tea. And the tea and the demos are for anyone who's either pre-signed up or signs up the day of the event. And you can only purchase your tickets at the Mill Museum. The library is only going to be holding events. So just make sure to buy your tickets early because the first 50 people to buy tickets are going to be able to go to that tea. So if you pre-sign up, you have your ticket already. Well, let me take a second to give the website. If you jot this down, then you can follow up on everything that Kira's talking about, along with everything else, is millmuseum.org. So it's real simple, millmuseum.org. And uh, on that day, is it uh, 
you have two locations. Is it the same time, or is it like first at the museum and then at the library? Like a so it's going to be a little bit of both. We okay. are going to put a schedule out. Okay. But there's going to be two demos at the library, probably starting about 10.30. There's going to be 11 o'clock demo. The tea is most likely happening about 12.30, but we're going to have vendors at the museum. We're going to have people taking photographs at the same right. time. The vendors will be there all day. Great. We're also going to have a raffle. We're also going to have a tour of the Dugan Building. We're going to have a lecture. So it's going to be a fun-filled day of events. And also I want to say a thank you to Oddball Newt, who is one of our partners on this event, as well as a cupcake for later. Yes. We are all our favorite sweets, and they're donating for the tea. So you really don't want to miss out on this event. It's regular museum admission, so $10 for adults, 7 for seniors, students, and children. And uh, members are free, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, come on. Dress up in your steampunk wear. <laughs> Check out the garage, the tool shed. You'll find something. November 18th is the date, right? Take yep, out the November 18th, 18th right, 10 to 4, and the so. library's events will be ending by 2 p.m. that day, but we'll keep going at the Mill Museum for another two hours. Okay. So literally, I'm going to switch my hat here. Uh-oh. And let's get ready for the holidays. Oh, there you go. Okay. So. This, is, this is a multiple personality <laughs> kind of thing here. Yes, All today right. it is. All right, there you go. So Let we're going to have our jingling little elf, and we are now going to get ready for the holidays with November 24th for the Wyndham Light Parade. We're nice. going to be marching again. We're looking for volunteers for that. So if you're interested, please email me, Kira Holmes, at director at millmuseum.org. And it will be starting at Memorial Park and going to Jilson Square. It's a cold night, but it's fun. Have layers. Layers. Have layers. Bring your bells. I don't have any lights today, but, you know, put your lights on, and we're going to go all walk together in the brisk, you know, winter-ish weather. And I see from, you know, 545 about... If for the parade start, it usually starts about 545. There we go. 24th. Then we have on November 25th, let's decorate the Mill Museum, and we're looking for volunteers for that, too. Again, please email director at millmuseum.org and let us know because we have several rooms to decorate. We have a three-floor building, and we would love help setting up trees and decorating the mill owner's room. So we're looking for volunteers again, and it'll be a lot of fun and get you into the festive holiday spirit. Yeah, and with all the crazy news going on, people need something to lighten the spirits, let me tell you. I, I agree we completely. We all need that. We need a break. We need a break, right? I agree completely. Okay. Which leads us to also, <laughs> which leads us to also, we'll be doing something uh, Thanksgiving weekend too, but right after Thanksgiving is Giving Tuesday. Have you heard of Giving Tuesday before, John? Yes. Uh, I think the Center for Community Engagement at Eastern is involved. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a global celebration, isn't yes. it? Yes. And we're tying into it. So how are we connecting to that? So for Giving Tuesday, we're asking for donations. We'll be putting up a Facebook fundraiser like we have been the past few years. Mm-hmm. And we're asking for donations. But more importantly, this is the time to give. It doesn't mean to just give to the Mill Museum. There are several great nonprofits in town, like the no Freeze Shelter, mm-hmm. the Connecticut Eastern Railroad Museum, you Wame. know, Wame, of course, yes, and several others like Access. We can't, we can't forget our nonprofits. They all need help. But we also would like any donation that people are willing to give. We'd like to be considered too. I've heard from so many people that things are so tight today with inflation or costs going up that every little bit helps now more than ever. Yes. Small incremental things, but that can lighten a big load. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of Giving Tuesday, November 28th. You can jot that down. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then we have on December 8th, we're opening up with our second and our second year of Festival of Trees. Mm-hmm. Were you able to attend that last year, John? I did. It was lovely. <laughs> I'm glad. It was lovely. So we're actually looking for, not only we're looking for people who want to decorate trees for organizations in town. You can be a nonprofit or for-profit. So if you're interested, email me at director at millmuseum.org. And that's going to be November 24th through December 1st for essentially setting up a tree at the Mill Museum. Right. Do you think uh, the Willie Radio might want to join us and set up a tree? John? Well, you know, I, I think my arm's being twisted now. <laughs> I think we're breaking the code of payola here in the studio. Oh, sorry. I can certainly talk to Wayno, and we'll have to caucus. 
Okay, understood. Uh, but I have to involved? ask, you know. But tell me, what would be involved? Well, you would essentially bring an artificial tree between five to seven feet, and then you would just decorate it. Well, maybe one of us could just stand there. Would that be cool? Well, if you want to stand, if you want to stand there three days a week, sure, we could do it that way know. too. But. I don't know. I would highly recommend bringing the artificial tree, and that way it would be another great ad for the radio station, wow. too. And then you and decorate the tree. Yeah, and you put microphones. your... microphones. Yeah, you could do that and put your mm -hmm. card up, essentially, about the radio station. You can go into all the different programs you have here. Well, there you, know? you go. This so. woman is sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> but actually, fun. <laughs> actually, I'll talk to Colin and Wayno and see... See what the promotional people have. Maybe they have something we can use. Well, yeah. we'll find out. We'll let you know. And okay? there also will, will be a tree in the, uh, excuse me, there'll be a train in the middle of the room, too, going around. Oh, so nice. it's going to be in the middle of the room and the trees on the side. And wow. then we're going to have on December 8th, that evening, we're going to have our wonderful opening for Festival of Trees, too. So, again, yeah. it's going to be 6 to 7.30. It's going to be a lovely event. You can vote for trees. Again, great holiday spirit, wonderful times coming up. Well, you'll have to vote for the WILI tree. <laughs> see who's promoting see, now. I know. It's, it's just, it's, it's, no shame. No shame. I don't either for that That's because okay. it's all about partnerships it's and working together. Yeah, so two final quick things I'm sure. going to throw in here yep. is we have our holiday shop coming back. So many of you know what holiday shop is. It's a great artisan market that we do each year. We're looking for some more artisans. So if you're interested, again, email director at millmuseum.org. I'm just going to keep plugging that, everybody. Just remember yeah. that email address. It's crucial for everything. But that will be the 9th and 10th of December. So we're only going to do it one weekend this year mm -hmm. because we're just trying to essentially do all of these events as you said all at the same time so we're trying to space things out a little bit here and there and that would be 10 to 4 in our dugan building again 157b union street and it'll be a lot of fun so we're looking for vendors please contact us and then we'll advertise and make our little trifold brochure like we have in the past that's right i remember that and then we have holiday gift wrap are you familiar with that, John? I have seen it before. You've been doing this for a while. Some traditions are pretty established <laughs> there, but that's where people can volunteer and help wrap gifts. Exactly. See? So, again, we're looking for those volunteers. John, you know anybody? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Rupon. Oh, yeah, Hi, Matt. Matt. He's behind the camera. I'll be getting your contact information again later. Uh, so, now that I've roped Matt into holiday gift wrap via John, go. thank you. you and <laughs> that will be December 18th through the 24th at the Eastbrook Mall. And that's also going to be with the Willimantic Lions. So, we're going to be working together for this fundraiser. So, it's going to be us working together for about seven days from the 18th to the 24th of December. Yeah. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you like wrapping, this is a perfect thing for you. If you don't like wrapping and you just want to refill stations, that's also perfect too. Or if you just want to get people's attention and bring them out and talk to them or dress in holiday wear. Like, there you go. You know, and jingling you know, elf hat. There you go. <laughs> and you know, even if you don't rap very well, you could practice and get to be a better rapper, as it were. How about that, huh? <laughs> exactly. I had, that. I had to do that. And what I have to say really, really quick, because yes. I know we're getting to the end, I want to first say thank you, John. Oh. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. As well as I want to say thank you to the town of Wyndham. I want to say thank you to Connecticut Humanities. I want to say thank you to my fellow staff, being Jamie and Mac. I want to say thank you to the Mill Museum Board. I want to say thank you to our volunteers at the Mill Museum. Thank you to the Wyndham community, as well as thank Thank you to everyone who supports museums and makes the Mill Museum a great place. We can't do it without you. We're, we're a regional museum, and we love being there for our community. Well, that's great. We're very happy to have Kira Holmes on periodically during the year. They're active all the time, presenting all these great programs. So thanks to you and everybody for all the work you're doing to give us good things to do throughout the year. We'll get back to you on that tree thing. It'll be fun. All right. We'll see you about that. I'll hold you to that. So, you know, time flies on the home front here. We're very happy to have guests every week. If you want to get involved, contact us here. You can use a simple email, john at humanartsmedia.com. john at humanartsmedia.com. Send me a note. We'll get you here before you know it. And we'll see you next week now. Take care.